Welcome to Kids First, a podcast created by Kids for Kids. I'm Lily. And I'm Evie. And each month we talk to people about their jobs. This month we're talking to Nora and Jessie. They both work as sales assistants at Dangerfield, my favourite clothes shop. Fact. In 1855, English designer Charles Frederick Worth established the first horticulture house in Paris. This was the first place where people could go and purchase designer clothes. He was previously a sales assistant at a famous Paris shop that sold fabrics. Before ready-to-wear clothes, you used to go to the fabric store and the sales assistants would help you select the fabrics and then they'd send the material to dressmakers and they would measure you up and make clothes for you. It's a little different today with the red. We acknowledge that we are on the lands of the Wurundjeri people who have been custodians of this land for thousands of years. This is the first podcast where we've interviewed two people. Noor, can you tell us about your job as a sales assistant at Dangerfield? So I feel really lucky to have my job at Dangerfield, especially working with Jessie. Our job is really fun. We get to meet a lot of really cool people. We get to style a lot of really amazing customers as well. And we get to work with a lot of really nice clothes, which is really fun. My job is basically go to work, have fun, meet cool people and sell some clothes. Jessie, what do you like about your job? My favourite thing about my job is the people. Definitely the people. Customers, clothing can be a very like base level thing where it's just you come in, you grab a cardi, whatever, it's fun. For a lot of other people, it's about expression, whether or not that be like, you know, personal or if it's a gender thing or if it's something else, if they're trying to figure out who they are as a person. It can be very like intimate and it can also be very scary. So I think the thing that I love about working at Dangerfield in particular is that you get to make like as safe a place as possible for people to come in and have fun. And like when someone comes out of a change room, they got a big smile on their face and they're just like, I love what I'm wearing. It's just, that's my favorite part. And I get a little bit teary sometimes because I get very emotional. <laughs> that's what I love about my job. <laughs> no, what's the best thing about your job? I think similar to what Jessie said, but also the fact that like when you go into any Dangerfield store, you like instantly make friends with everyone so my favorite thing is that no matter which store I've been in I've always managed to make friends with my colleagues friends with the customers and I I really love the culture that we have I think that we've all built together like Jessie said that it's a safe space for everyone to come in and feel welcome and happy and that it's a really social social place so you really can go to work and just love your job yeah. yeah. With so many friends, like, interstate as yes, well. Yes, I've just made best friends with the Perth store manager, and now we've decided that every Saturday we will match our outfits from Melbourne to Perth. Yes. So, really, it's like, I don't think there are many other companies that have that kind of culture where you can just be like, oh, you work at Dangerfield? We're best friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to wear the clothes from the shop when you're working? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we love it though. Yeah. We get looked after very well. We're technically not allowed to talk about the uh, ins and outs of our contract, <laughs> but um, they do obviously supply us with clothing because it is technically illegal to uh, not and make you still wear it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we get uh, supplied clothes. So once you turn 18, you know, come on down. And yeah, it's just all about like, you know, finding something in the store that you like to wear, you feel comfortable yeah. wearing and also being an ambassador for 
you know, the brand. We're just yeah. walking mannequins, really. Yeah, so we just represent the clothes and show people different ways that they can style them and have, mm. yeah. Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> we know that you both call each other every day bef- before going to work and prepare a similar outfit, so you're twinning. When did this first start? So when I found out that I'd be moved to Jessie's store, we talked on the phone and I think we made a joke about, oh, I have this pair of pants and I've seen you wear them on Instagram. We can match with that. And then I think like a week after I started working with Jessie, we realised we have a lot of the same similar clothes. It started off as a joke and I think it's turned into something that we take very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, so very now, serious. Now when we're doing our clothes shopping... I'll be like, I'll only get this one if you get it too. Otherwise, I don't really have a purpose for it if we're not going to match. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's true. It's very true. Yeah. Um, which is very handy because we like the same things. Yeah, it yeah. really works out perfectly. How old were you both when you started working and what was your first job? I was 16 and my first job was IGA in Brunswick, actually. Well, I got my first on-paper job at 14 in nine months. I definitely was working before that in different capacities. I think my first proper job was in Coffees and Creams at Fountain Gate because mm. I grew up out in the burbs. But yeah, I just made donuts and coffee and milkshakes and stuff after school. It was the dream. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love ice cream and donuts so much. And milkshakes. What happens when a customer asks your opinion on the clothes they've chosen it doesn't quite work? Are you honest? Um, Always. Well, yeah. I am anyway. Yes. Um, I think it's really important, important to be honest. Yeah, but I think there's a big difference between being honest and being mean. If something doesn't work, it's usually because of um, the fit's not quite right mm-hmm. or, I don't know, something that they've put together doesn't fit like work together or something and we're very lucky in the sense that we have we have a few different brands so we can definitely find something that's going to work but there's also I mean there's a big difference between something not working because of personal style and something not working because it's you know it's not going to be comfortable for them if someone comes out and they look like they're comfortable in what they're wearing and they like what they're wearing then I like it, yeah. you know? But if it's something to do with fit, it might be that we might need to tell them that you probably need to get it altered mm-hmm. or you might need to try a different size. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important as well to know the difference between what is or isn't comfortable for a customer versus, like, our personal style. So if someone comes out wearing something that I wouldn't necessarily put together but they love it, then that's amazing. We love that for them and we want everyone to go out feeling happy and confident and like they've made the right decision. But yeah, if people are asking us about the fit, I guess because we wear the clothes, we know, I guess we know a lot about the fits and how they should sit. So we always recommend to try different sizes if they want to have that comparison. Yes, we're, we're very honest because we think that's important, but we also support everyone leaving with whatever makes them happy and whatever yeah. makes them feel confident. And that's like our end goal is to just leave our store feeling happy, fulfilled and like you have an outfit that makes you feel like you. Yeah. Never going to push something onto someone. No, exactly. If they don't feel comfortable because Yeah. I wouldn't want that kind of energy going exactly, with them. <laughs> be exactly. Horrible. And I think one of my first questions is when someone asks for our opinion is like how do you feel in it? Do you feel comfortable? Because that's the first priority. You have to feel comfortable physically and like mentally wearing an outfit really we're just therapists um yeah 
Yeah, really they're underpaid the people therapists. up as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just your personal hype team. So yeah, we're like your friends. Like if you go into a Dangerfield store, like you just make friends with the employees, and we just want mm. the best for all of our customers, the way we do for our friends and ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. it's like if your friend turns to you and be like, "You're not going to wear that." Yeah, like we're kind of there for that yeah. as well, but we'll be a little less blunt than your friend, I but guess. Like Jesse said as well, we have so many different brands. There's really something for everyone, so there's no need to like lie to someone when there's chances they'll find something mm. that makes them feel even better in yeah. like one of our different brands. And I don't know about you, I can't lie. I can't. I, I would can't go home lie. and cry about it if yeah. I felt like that. Yeah. 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 Our end goal is that everyone leaves happy, fulfilled and either with something that they love or if they leave empty handed, then at least they know what we stock and what they can find in the future and like mm. have time to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. What fashion icons influence you in your fashion? Oh my god, I thought about this so long. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna open up my Instagram. I get I mean, I get a lot of inspiration from particularly like queer artists and like artists of colour. Because usually when you look at trends and things like that, they will come from kind of subcultures, mm-hmm. um, or minorities and things. So I mean like people like Billy Porter. I mean, the entire cast of Pose, I Mm -hmm. adore, and everything that they wear. And then, yeah, just anyone who, like, is unapologetically themselves is kind of my, like, style icons. And then, you know, just all my friends. Like, I love, like, I've got a lot of makers who are friends, and, like, I just love the things that they produce. And That's so great. I find that my biggest inspiration comes from my friends friends and colleagues and also customers and seeing how they style their clothes and I think that's because over the last few years I've really consciously tried to step away from social media and finding influence on social media because I don't really believe in that anymore I believe in exactly what Jesse's saying like looking at the people around you and like the influences in your own life and that's how you can find like your authentic self and find people who are truly happy mm-hmm. in how they look and how they dress so my immediate inspiration is that things coming from my immediate life but if i do go into social media like jesse um women of color on instagram my three top (laughs) instagram inspirations one of them has the same name as me her name is nord she's a lebanese model i love her and then asia another um arabic model they are incredible I will send you their Instagram please do (laughs) they are incredible and what I love about their um, fashion is they've come from Muslim backgrounds just like myself but they're unapologetically themselves and it really makes me feel at home seeing other people who have come from a really religious background be able to express themselves so freely without any negativity around that what do you both think will be the next fashion fashion trend we heard it's the 70s or the 1920s look Ooh, going back to the flapper mm-hmm. era. I don't know. I I think it's hard because I feel like I live in a bit of a fashion bubble with mm-hmm. Dangerfield because, like, our brand ethos is very, like, we've got things like Revival, which is literally its name. It's reviving yeah. past mm-hmm. styles. And then, you know, Dangerfield has a very, like, specific kind of grungy-ish. And then, you know, Black Friday is just genius i mean princess highway's always got that like 70s um aesthetic those florals i just love a floral yeah i think i'd really like to see 70s in a lot more like uh, mask kind of clothing Mm -hmm. some menswear and stuff because i just want to see some really 
big collars on like some great florals and some flares yes i see that coming and i think that especially like if you're looking at celebrities and harry styles yeah yes. I, I definitely see that coming i also think very specific the color green i think like a really deep rich green is gonna come back and it's gonna be as big as brown was over the last year <laughs> so specific I have thought about this <laughs> I'm just not ready to let the tracksuit trend leave though no track trackies will never leave we just started yeah. getting trackies in at work as well and we've already picked out our matching trackies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that can never leave us yeah I think coming out of you know the really big lockdown and COVID and everything and the pandemic I hope that the trend we're going towards is people being comfortable and dressing for comfort and dressing for themselves versus dressing for an aesthetic. Mm. So I hope that that's what's coming. You both have side jobs or hobbies. What are they? I'm actually a drag king outside of work. So I do a lot of performance art. I have two drag characters. One is Walter Mellon and he does um, drag story time. I've been doing that for like the last four years, I think, now. And then the other one is Jesse Dean, and I've, oh, he's turning 10, I think. So I do everything, uh, and I'm very tired all the time. I um, help produce a King Night as well called Kong's Kings. I'm going back to school. <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. So, yeah, I'm going to go study some other stuff just medical. just for yeah, yeah i'm gonna go into the, the medical field just for funsies but i think it's important and also i spend a lot of time to have diabetes and in doing medical things so i was like you know what i could cut down some time there and uh <laughs> just be there <laughs> exactly what is a drag king so a drag king is uh very similar to a drag queen which you would have probably seen a lot more. Um, They're a lot more prevalent in the media. But a drag king is essentially just someone who uh, takes, you know, a masculine gender and performs it. So for me, I do a lot of lip syncing. So I'll take other artists' songs because I cannot sing. (laughs) And I will, like, dance or I'll lip sync to that or maybe I'll do, like, a bit of a comedy routine. Um, But it's generally I do performance so you'd go to like a cabaret or you'd go out for a night at a club or a theatre. I've done shows everywhere, festivals. But what about you? I love what you do outside oh, of work. Oh, thank you so much. I'm an artist outside of work and it took me a very long time to have the confidence in myself to put myself out there as an artist. And ever since I did, almost a year ago, it's just been incredible. People have been commissioning paintings from me. Um, I'm currently working on one that's going to Canberra. That's really exciting. And then I've been, I was asked like a month ago, I taught a class on art conservation because that's my background. I went to uni and I studied museums, heritage and conservation and I've worked in museums. And since that as well, which I also consider as part of being an artist, I've been asked to teach two more. I think that's like a really important thing to take as soon as you have the confidence in yourself. I remember I was working with one of our colleagues, Katie, during the lockdown and I, I went to work once and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make an art Instagram and I'm going to be an artist. And then the next day I was like, I did it and I had my first ever commission. And she was like, in a day? <laughs> so yeah, that's what happens when you have the confidence in yourself and you put yourself out there. I mean, you can internally be like nervous, but as long as you put yourself out there as being confident, 
you know, never look at an opportunity and be like, oh, but I just don't think I'm good enough for it because that's just your own little internal monologue. Mm -hmm. Um, You've really just got to believe in yourself and just be like, you know, I can do this. I'm, I have the confidence of a cis white man. Exactly. That was, (laughs) that was literally what pushed me to be like, I'm just going to do it. Just Um, do it. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Yeah. And then I'm going back to uni as well. Mid-year, I'm going to do my master's in cultural heritage this year. What did you both want to be when you were our age? I wanted to be an actor or a performer. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, I, I, I think I went through a few like different things of like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I think I want to do this. Or maybe I do want to do this because I think there's a big kind of uh, idea that like being an actor or being a performer, especially because I was a little bit chubby as a child, I didn't see myself on the screen a lot. And I think it did stop me from you know actually pursuing a lot of that and then when I started getting older and I started getting a little bit more confidence in myself and you know believing in myself I just think it's really important that you see as many different types of people as possible in you know our our entertainment and our media and our consumption because you know people come in all different shapes and sizes and we should celebrate that so yeah I wanted to be a performer I am now a performer yeah amazing (laughs) I wanted to be an artist and it took me a very long time to get there, but I'm there now, I can say that. So yeah, I feel really, this year I feel really proud of myself that I can look back at my younger self at your age who wanted to be an artist and I can be like, we did it. We kind of are there, kind of. You are. You are an artist. I'm I'm, I'm there. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Nora's an amazing artist also. Thank you. (laughs) Very talented. Thank you for coming in and talking to us. Thank you for having us. Yes. We've been so excited for this. <laughs> Such a pleasure. Yay, we're so honoured. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Kids First. Tell your friends all about it. You can contact us at kidsfirst.com.au or via Twitter at kids underscore verse.